Here's what's coming up on today's show. We were talking to clients about how do we take advantage of the fact that rates have gone up? How do we take advantage of the fact that some really good companies are trading at a, at a historical discount right now? There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. We are back on the Retirement Success Blueprint with our final episode of the month of July here. And it's good and hot outside, but that's all right. We've got some good hot topics to talk about. We're going to touch on a little bit with uh, retirement and divorce. We're also going to talk about surviving a bear market. Uh, we've got some conversation about things that are being said out there in the talking head universe. And we're going to get into all that as usual with Michael Stewart once again with me on the podcast. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing well. Summer's coming to a close. Football season's about to start, so it's a it's it's a good time in the Stewart household. Well, you well not not quite yet. It's uh, we got to what preseason, right? So you got a few weeks, I guess. Of, it uh, is still live football. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> it and still it's still going to be pretty hot. Hey, speaking of events and stuff, you got some stuff coming up too, man. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, we do. So uh, August. Fifth, we've got our Bring a Friend Lake Geneva boat cruise. So, you know, taking everybody out for a ride on Lake Geneva, some cocktails and appetizers and stuff, Ooh, just to kind of nice. get to know people. Yeah. Uh, we've got a book launching, our, my second book. Uh, you know, we had Purpose Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Wall, Your Money from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Back, uh, you know, original book that we did about four years ago. And now we have a new book, ironically entitled Retirement Success Blueprint, mm-hmm. that's launching here in August. And our annual client barbecue at the quarry is going to be on August 26th. So a very eventful month. Well, I know you're probably going to send out lots of information on that, but if for some reason somebody's checking out the podcast and they haven't seen that or they want to find out how they might could be involved, what's the best way to do that? Uh, best way is really just go to the website, crystallaketax.com, and we've got all of our events and everything posted on there. You can even RSVP online as well. Okay, perfect. crystallaketax.com. Again, crystallaketax.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast while you're there as well. Hey, listen, you talked about uh, bring a friend. I was trying to figure out a uh, transition here, but retirement and divorce real fast. I uh, saw an article recently about more and more, I don't know what they're calling them, silver divorces, gray divorces, something like that. People over 50 getting a divorce and the retirement planning um, issues that come with that. So, you know, maybe if you recently divorced, maybe bring a friend to the you know event to learn some more information, something like that. Maybe, I don't know, with transition wise, but um, are you seeing this? Do you see this more in your practice, uh, later divorces? Yeah, fortunately, we haven't seen a lot of it in our practice, oh, good. but I know, I know within the industry, you know, and who knows, maybe it's a ticking time bomb and, you know, just hanging out there, but, you know, we're hopefully, hopefully not. But what we've seen within the industry is uh, this, you know, silver tsunami of uh, divorces and what it is, is just individuals, you know, and it's, and it's happened for a long time, just tends to get a lot more process. Mm-hmm. You know, once the, once the kids go away, once the, you know, life comes back, you take a look at, you know, who you're spending the rest of your life with, whether you're in your fifties, your sixties, even seventies. And you're just saying, you know, is this the same person, you know, before the kids and all those kind of things. So there's right. a variety of reasons for it on the financial planning front of it. It comes down to, you know, there's a lot of really big decisions that have to be made. And unfortunately, and, you know, this is their role, but unfortunately the attorneys really don't provide a lot of direction. You know, they're trying to be fair or get whatever percentage, you know, that they need to for their specific client, be uh-huh, the husband right. or the wife. 
But one of the things that goes overlooked is a lot of the tax implications, a lot of the long-term implications. You know, some of the things like, you know, well, who gets the house versus, you know, some of the investment accounts? Or, you know, do you take the 401k and the other person, you know, we're going to sell the house? Other things, you know, have to do a lot of times with the decision-making and why you're making those choices. So I'll give you a couple examples. So on like choosing the house over, you know, retirement account. Let's say the house is worth 300 and there's 300 grand in the retirement account as well. Then the thing here is that the house is going to be a tax-free benefit for whoever receives it. The retirement accounts probably are all pre-tax money that they've never paid any tax on. So whoever gets that or some of that is going to come with a big tax bill at the same time. A lot of times we see that with pensions as well. Is you know, do you take a, a their lump sum portion of the pension or do you just take X dollars at some future date from the pension? And the last thing that we really see a lot of time is people immediately, oh, I'm getting divorced. Okay, we're splitting up these 401ks, these IRAs, and then they immediately go ahead and put it all in their name and they switch it over. But sometimes there's also a planning opportunity. Let's say, you know, I'll use, say, the wife in this instance okay. that you know, is going to kind of, you know, start from scratch, kind of rebuild. She's receiving these certain amount of assets in the divorce, some from the IRAs, 401ks, these kind of things. Well, there's a short window that you have if she's under 59 and a half that if she can penalty-free access some of these monies, still may be taxable, but if she needs to kind of reboot and come up with some money, she can avoid that 10% early withdrawal penalty that normally is associated with being under 59 and a half and touching retirement assets. Whereas if they just lump some, roll it over to a broker so the broker can get paid basically, and he doesn't isn't familiar with some of the tax rules, what happens is now that benefit's lost. And if she taps into it three months, two years later, she may not only owe taxes, but an additional 10% penalty too. So whoever you're working with, if you're going through a divorce, and this is whether you're the husband or the wife, just make sure you're sitting down with the fiduciary financial planner in addition to the attorney. So when you're divvying up these assets, both sides understand the tax ramifications and what the pros and cons for making those choices are. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, having a, a kind of a team, it's not just the divorce attorney, right? Having some other assets available, especially when we have more assets that we've accumulated. Getting a divorce <laughs> at 25, right? A lot different than at 55, for example. So a lot more moving parts. So great advice, a good topic to talk about as well. So if, again, if you've got some questions, folks, reach out to Michael if you uh, would like to talk a little bit more about that, Crystal Lake Tax. Dot com. All right. So, you know, we do a podcast, my friend, we talk about things where, you know, in this instance, we're talking heads, but you're, you're also out there in the, in the trenches, as it were, you're still, you know, working every day dealing with stuff. And a lot of times we're hearing, we hear stuff from, um, you know, just all sorts of people, right? We got 24 hour news cycles, all that kind of stuff. So they got to populate all this stuff. And we're hearing, you know, the, the market's in turmoil, obviously no secret, uh, last podcast, we talked about the recession, you know, the, the bear market that we're in and some, some indices. So there's just a lot of stuff going out there. And how do we get through a downturn when we've had a good run? People kind of, we get lulled to sleep. We get very comfortable with the last, you know, 12 years or so. So we've collected some various advice from across the, uh, the countries and different places, some experts, if you will. And so you may have heard some of this stuff. You may agree with it. You may not. Mike, I want you to chime in and tell us what you think about some of these statements, okay? Sure, absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, do we follow it? Do we proceed with caution? What do we do here? So let's jump in with our first one. Uh, it's an equity strategist named Phil Orlando, and he says he expects the market decline to decline further 
over the summer. So this was actually just a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to go ahead and say probably all the way through September is what he's uh, basing this on. But anyway, perhaps an additional 10% and that he favors value stocks, things like energy, financial, healthcare industries over growth stocks. He also goes on to say that holding cash hasn't been uh, as an attractive option in more than 20 years. Some of that's not necessarily groundbreaking, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with a portion of what he's saying. You know, I mean, for Phil Orlando, it sounds like a lounge singer, you know, but that's a, a different <laughs> different issue there. But the, uh, you know, but for the most part, you know, a, a decline, yeah, we, we're, we're kind of forecasting that there's a pretty good chance that the lows aren't in for the year. And a big part of that is the same reason that the market sold off in January, February, March, and, mm-hmm. and so uh, high inflation, aggressive Fed, supply chain issues, none of that's necessarily changed. And now we've added, you know, increasing oil and Ukraine, Russia, all those things. So, you know, so do we think, you know, could there be another 10% or, or you know, plus drop? Uh, absolutely. You know, hopefully not, but who knows? But that's also when he said, you know, he favors value stocks. We've always favored value stocks, whether it's energies, financials, healthcare, primarily, mainly because they most of them pay a good dividend. You're getting a three, four, five, six percent dividend off of them. So you're getting income off your stocks independent of if they're going up or down in value. You know, now on some of the growth stock side of it, you take a look at the big names and, you know, for purpose of the podcast, I'm not going to rattle them all off here for compliance reasons, but all the big tech names, a lot of them are down 20, 30, 50, some even 70. Yeah, that, they've taken the beating. Yeah, it, exactly. So, you know, sometimes you want to be contrarian and say, hey, it may not be the lows, but if I'm looking six months, 18 months out from now, that might be a better value. But once again, you know, you just want to tread carefully and make sure it fits and aligns with your overall plan. The idea of holding cash. Yeah, if you want to hold cash because you think there's more opportunities ahead, there's nothing wrong with that. We're in a rising interest rate environment. I would be very careful because a lot of times that cash came from, hey, I sold out because I lost money and I'm going to sit back. But now I got to guess not only when I'm getting back in, but what I'm going to buy. And then I got to decide what I get out back again. Otherwise, I'm going to risk losing it all. So a lot of times that gets too tricky for most clients and advisors. So what you do is just get allocated for what your long-term goals need. Don't worry about trying to time the market over what's going to happen in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Okay. All right. So uh, we're talking about these you know, talking head points here on surviving this bear market, which takes us to financial journalist Bill Stone. And he says, Mike... Um, I feel that there's a silver lining to the recent review of the stock and bond market damage uh, in the fact that there's a decent amount of that loss baked into uh, the price assets already. So basically saying the market kind of accounted for some of this. He goes on to suggest that timing the end of the bear market is obviously impossible, but that the eventual rebound is typically very explosive and it will happen before the economy recovers, typically. No, and I agreed with Bill, and that's even kind of building on that last point is that, you know, they're not going to ring a bell when it's all clear. Uh, the markets, we saw that in 2020 with, you know, kind of the COVID crash down about 35% in three weeks of February, March 2020. And all of a sudden, all year long, even with, you know, the death toll rising and all the bad headlines before vaccines and all these things, everybody just kept scratching their head being like, why is the market going up? Well, you know, there's all this uncertainty. Well, the market was looking past vaccines. The market was looking 6, 12, 18 months down the road. And that's where the market's going to recover before the headlines start to look better. Uh, We talked on the last podcast about the potential for a recession. Well, the recession is a rear view mirror. 
So if you're looking at, oh, well, look at where the inflation print is. Well, that's last month's inflation print. If you're looking at, you know, are we officially or were we officially in a recession? Well, that's looking through the rearview mirror. The stock market isn't going to be the economy. The stock market is going to be looking six and 12 months ahead of time at what are future earnings, what's future growth, because that's what you're buying. You know, so you take advantage of the fact that things have sold off a little bit if your long-term picture and your long-term outlook kind of goes that direction. Because the reality is, is it over? No, it's not over. But has most of the damage been done? Yes. And that's why we're the, we're communicating with a lot of clients here through all throughout June and now July about what opportunities does this present? Not how do we, you know, back up the truck and go to cash. We were talking to clients about how do we take advantage of the fact that rates have gone up? How do we take advantage of the fact that some really good companies are trading at a, at a historical discount right now? What do you think about the explosive part? We have seen some obviously explosive recoveries from short downturns. Is that normal within the market or what do you think? Yeah, so so there was a uh, a study that just came out and it was a report that said basically said some of the biggest, I think 18 of the 20 biggest rallies on any given day in the market have come during bear markets where the markets continue to go lower. You know, and we've even seen that over the last six months where the market will pull back 8%, rally 4 or 5%. You're like, hey, maybe this is it. And then it pulls back another 6 or 8%. And then it rallies about 6 or 8%. And you're like, okay, maybe this is it. And then it'll fall back again. So it's kind of a stair step lower. You get these explosive moves up, and this death by a thousand cuts over several weeks on the on the way down. Yeah. So yeah, instead of trying to time it or saying, hey, you know, let's just buy the dip every single time, it truly says, you know, Based on your long-term outlook, based on what your needs are for your portfolio, what decisions do you make? Because it will be explosive. Some of the most volatility on both the upside and the downside occur during bear markets. Yeah, typically, right? It's uh, when you're thinking about this, the the market, when we're trying to grow money, right? We're trying to gain money in the market. It's like an escalator going up. And then whenever it's losing, it's like an elevator going straight down. Right? So no, ab- absolutely. And, and then you know, March 2020 was a great example of that. In three weeks, the market lost 35% of its value, the market being S&P 500. Some right. things more, some things less, but basically a third of its value. That took you back in three weeks to 2017 levels. So three years of gains given away in three weeks. Yeah. You know, so that's why you just be careful about the amount of risk that you take in good markets and in bad. Okay. Well, let's do another one here. We've got the head of National Retirement Resource Organization. I'm not sure what that is, but uh, I'm not sure if it's a he or a she, but they said, uh, if it were me and I was going to declare I'm retired and have my retirement party, I might look to delay it a year maybe even two. Yeah, this one bothers me. I I get the common sense approach on it. It bothers me because if you've done the right things leading up to retirement, whether the market is up or down, whether you're in a bull market or bear market should have no impact on the timing of your retirement. That's the goal, right? To retire in any economy. No, absolutely. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is there's going to be a future bear market, right? There's right. going to be a future bull market. I mean, right. it, this is this is your life for the next thirty years. Is you know when the when the paychecks stop, you still have to be retired over this time frame. So when we put financial plans together, we call ours the retirement success blueprint. When you put your plan together, we use very conservative assumptions because if the plan works with very conservative returns, very conservative assumptions, and maybe even aggressive tax assumptions, then guess what? Chances are we're going to do a lot better over time. But here's the thing. If we step into a situation where the market dropped 20% and we were sitting here on December 31st of 2021 saying, guess what? You can retire in June. 
the market shouldn't be and your positioning shouldn't have been determined on the only way that happens is if everything is still great for the next six months. You know, that's, and I see that all the time with individuals walking to my offices. Yeah, my, my guy or gal said, you know, I have to wait another year or two. Well, why? Right. And usually it's right. a function of one of two things. One, poor planning on the front end. You know, hope and optimism was their strategy rather than having concrete reasons on why they're invested a certain way in good markets and bad. The second aspect of it is usually we fix their situation because since we are more retirement income focused, we say, okay, you used to have a million too. Now you got a million, right? It's down 20%. You know, if you're working with the other advisor, uh, then we take a look at it and say, okay, guess what? On that million, we can still generate you dollars $50,000 of supplemental income along with your social security and all those other things. Does the income still work for you? If it does, it doesn't matter what market conditions are. As long as you can get all the income you need and get a rising income to keep up with inflation over time. So that's where, you know, I get it. Yeah, if things are down, should you hang out for another six months, another year or two until things turn around? Sure. But that's not what you planned for. You know, so your plan, your investment plan, your income plan, your tax plan, your health care plan, your estate plan, none of that should be contingent on did the market go up or down this year. All right. Well, any other th- things you would care to share, I guess, then, Mike? So you've obviously shared your point counterpoint to some of these, whether you've agreed or disagreed. Any other specific areas that uh, these guys didn't touch on? Yeah, I, th- I think there's one thing, and I'll, I'll harken back to even that kind of COVID time, you know, when we're all locked in, you know, and we're in Illinois, so that we didn't officially open back up fully mask-free until March of 2022. So it was a two-year endeavor on you know on the Chicago market. But it, it was, I sent out a video to clients. It was from my backyard on my phone. You know, every week I was sending them updates during during that. And, and the one that I got the most response from from clients was one that I said, you know, uh, the market is not your portfolio. And it was about getting rid of the head trash and getting rid of the eyeballs of, you know, all the social media headlines and all the, the newspaper and, you know, online headlines about the you know world falling apart and crashing and the bear market and all these kind of things. And the reality is, you know, and I'll, and I'll give you a good example about here is, you know, so let's say, you know, as time we're recording this, S&P 500 is down about 20%. So it's in bear market. The NASDAQ's down 30%. So it's in a you know definite bear market. And some things are doing a lot worse than that. Our average portfolio for our clients at the time of this, because we're going through all of our quarterly reviews right now, they're down about 8 or 10%. So it never feels good to be negative. But these are also coming off of the last few years where we've averaged 15 to 20% returns. So we didn't really give back a whole lot comparatively. So, you know, if you turn on the news or you turn on CNBC or the nightly news and the whole market crashed and, you know, are we going to a recession? We're in a bear market. Okay. But in the context of your portfolio, in the context of your personal financial situation, how are you doing? Not how's the market in general doing or how's your neighbor doing or who's panicking and who's not. It's truly just a function of Take a step, look at your portfolio, look at your investments. And if whomever you're working with, whether that's us or some other advisor out there, whomever you're working with, if they positioned you for this before it happened, guess what? You're seeing those results now. But if you look at your statements and you're down 16, 20, 30%, guess what? They didn't. You had hope as a strategy, you know, so you need to find a new advisor if that's the case. But for the most part, the most important thing, you know, other specific advice is just understand that the market and the headlines aren't your portfolio. So you need to really kind of ingrain it and take a look at where you specifically are and are you still on track to achieve your goals. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think it's it's so hard sometimes to to turn off the noise, but we do have to try to do that. And that's usually where a professional also comes into play because they can help us kind of decipher sometimes not only just the noise, but our own emotions and feelings about something. We get very worked up and it's like, 
you've got some objectivity there to say, okay, this is why is this bothering you? Let's talk through it. Let's see if the plan. That's why I say all the time, whether you, if you're not working with you already or you've got a second uh, plan in place and you want a second opinion, that, that's a great point because then it allows you that uh, extra set of eyeballs, if you will, to look at something a bit more objectively. And we try to do that with some of the emails that come in as well. So let's take one of those as we wrap up this week here on the podcast. It's from Johnny in Naperville. And he says, Mike, I have a weird situation. I've been very aggressive about funding my IRA and the 401ks over the years. So I have close to two mil in these accounts. Kudos to you, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm only 54 and suddenly find myself needing cash for a major home repair that I did not expect. I feel kind of poor in a way because I have less than five grand in the bank because all my money is tied up in these retirement accounts because, again, I've been very aggressive. So do I take money from the IRA, eat the penalty, because he's 54, remember, um, Mm -hmm. that he'd have to pay for taking it out early, or any other thoughts or suggestions he's looking for how to figure out how to pay for this major home repair? Yeah, Johnny, depending on the timing of the home repair and that, uh, there's a couple different options you know that, that you could have. Uh, so one of those is, and as alluded to, because you're only 54, if you actually just go take money out of your IRAs or something right now, or even just take it directly, not a loan, but just actually take a distribution from your 401k, then because you're under 59 and a half, you're not only going to pay income taxes on it, but you're also going to pay a 10% penalty on top of that. So you, know, you don't want to do that. Uh, on the other side of it, a couple options that you have. And then I'll even, I'll even give you kind of a retirement planning option on here is one, depending on the size of that home repair that you need, and this even applies going forward, is that if you've got about $2 million saved up in your 54, and let's assume you're going to work till 64, you know, you may not want to, but I'm just going to, not having that information, I'll just kind of put it out there. Using the rule of 72, which is basically how long would it take you to have your money double, would be that at 7% return, that $2 million in 10 years is going to be about $4 million. And that's only a 7% return over the next decade. So part of that is, are you overfunding your retirement? More is always better than less. But at some point, if you said, I'm going to have three and a half, four million million, $4 million in the next 10 years without even putting another dime in my 401k, is that enough for you? And if it is, maybe you can redirect some of that money that you're currently maxing out in your 401k to start kind of pull it back and actually start taking it to utilize it to build up your savings or pay for home repairs, those kind of things. So that's just kind of one aspect of it. But now I'll go back to, let's say that, you know, that's not an option, you don't plan on working that long. Then the other two options that I would look at before I would go and start paying penalties and taxes and things is one, you can do a 401k loan And that means that you're borrowing the money from yourself in your 401k. You're going to pay yourself interest inside of it. But the thing is, it's not considered taxable to you. And there is no penalty when you take it out. So let's say you need $50,000. You take out the $50,000. You don't owe any taxes on it or anything else. And then from every paycheck, you're going to basically pay yourself back with after-tax dollars. You're going to repay yourself back. So that's one way to avoid the penalty, minimize the taxation and say, hey, I'm going to get this paid out over the next one, two, three, five, whatever the time frame is going to be. So that's one option. The other option is taking a look at, even with interest rates going up, home equity lines of credit at the bank, You know, the equity within your home are still very competitive. So one of the things you might want to do is say, hey, should I go out and get a home equity line, pay four or 5%, whatever it is in interest. So then that way I'm not paying taxes on the money and I'm not paying any kind of penalty. You know, so what I would do is I'd look at either home equity line or a 401k loan before I would start doing the 59 and a half and paying penalties and things like that on withdrawals. 
with the caveat also kind of behind the scenes being whether you're doing it yourself as a great saver or working with an advisor, I would start putting that plan together also to start saying, okay, you know, how much should I be saving for retirement if I've already come this far? What's my timeline? What's my income need? And am I going to be okay even if I dial back the current contributions? Because that's going to create new cash flow and new savings for you today. Well, thank you so much for that question, Johnny. That's a fantastic question. Uh, sorry you're in that situation, but it sounds like you some things at least ponder there. And you know, I guess, Mike, the other downside to taking the money out of one of those accounts, not only is the taxes and the, the um, penalties, but you know, based on our conversation with some of these other things we were going over today, if the market continues to decline, he's also losing that way as well, right? No, agreed. Yeah, completely. So, you know, it's just it's just probably not the best option for you. So take a look at some of those other ones that Mike gave uh, to think about and definitely reach out and have a conversation with your professional. If you're not working with one, then call Mike if you'd like at 815-526-3092 or anybody else who is in a similar situation or just needs to have a conversation. 815-526-3092 or stop by crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Don't forget, uh, if you want to check out some of those events he's got coming up next month. Check out those as well on the uh, on the website. Thanks for your time, my friend. As always, I appreciate it and good luck with the upcoming events. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk in August when we got the new book launch going out. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll get back on the podcast in August. So uh, maybe it'll be out by then, maybe not. But either way, we'll definitely have a conversation about it. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. Find all that information and more at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. We'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.